The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. There was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. When the wine ran short, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servers, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for Jewish ceremonial washings, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told them, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it. And when the head waiter tasted the water that had become wine, without knowing where it came from, although the servers who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves good wine first, and then when people have drunk freely an inferior one. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs at Cana in Galilee, and so revealed his glory. And his disciples began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Have you ever had a week where you feel like you just got creamed by everything? Like everything went wrong, things are blowing up all over the place. You call a friend to cheer you up and they tell you their dog died. That didn't actually happen, but it feels like it. And when we have those weeks where it just seems like, oh, Everything's kind of, nothing's working out the way it's supposed to work out. It's those times when readings like today's first reading are so important. When the prophet Isaiah says, No more shall people call you forsaken or your land desolate, but you shall be called my delight and your land espoused. For the Lord delights in you and makes your land his spouse. 
You know, everything that happened to the people of Israel in the history of salvation, they're the things that happened to us in our lives. They have times of great consolation and victory and peace. And then they have times when they're captured by foreign armies and they're isolated and they feel alone. They feel like the Lord is very distant from them. And even at those times, our Lord sends them prophets to tell them, you shall be called my delight. For the Lord delights in you. That is the truth that we have to continually come back to. And that word delights in you It's the same kind of word that was spoken about our Lord at his baptism when the Father says, You are my beloved Son. In you I am well pleased. In you I delight. And we can find our home in our Lord even when the things around us seem kind of off. And one of the sort of guiding principles about that, like how do we remember that the Lord delights in us even when we feel very distant? How do we know that the Lord delights in us even when we feel like we got cream this week? One of the guiding scripture passages that we might choose for ourselves is from today's reading at the wedding feast in Cana when... Mary says, do whatever he tells you. It's an interesting way that she says this because she sort of notices there's no wine. She goes to Jesus. She tells Jesus there's no wine. He says, well, why does this concern me? And then she simply looks at the servants and says, do whatever he tells you. And the amazing thing is the servants do it. They don't know why they're doing it. All they know is they're out of wine. They have no idea why Jesus is the person that can help them. But they do it. They do whatever he tells them. And in, the, in doing what our Lord has asked them, they manifest his glory. His glory is revealed. The first of his signs at Cana in Galilee reveals his glory. And that do whatever he tells you kind of has a flip side. And the flip side is that as Christian people, as Catholic Christian people, we ask the Lord what he wants from us. We ask the Lord what he wants from us. Because it's specifically in those times in our life when we feel like things aren't going right that we sometimes forget to ask our Lord, what do you want from me in this? Like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do when I'm stressed out about my job, there's trouble going on at home, 
called my friend for support and he wouldn't call me back. What do you want me to do? Because our temptation is to say, nobody cares about me. Instead of saying, Lord, what do you want from me right now? What do you want from me right now? In this simple question, Jesus, what do you want from me right now? Or what do you want to do in this situation right now? That question should guide every single day of our lives. But it's a question that many of us forget to ask. We can constantly forget to ask this question. Sometimes even, you know, I'm in a meeting at the family life office and with a bunch of priests or something like that. And at a certain point, somebody will say something like, well, what does Jesus want to do with this project? And we all sort of look around at each other going, I never really thought of asking that. It's the most important question. Like, what does Jesus want to do with this? And sometimes we forget to ask him. Or when you're talking about a family situation, maybe you have a family member who is away from the church, and you're fretting about this. And you might be fretting about, well, do I reach out to them? Do I not reach out to them? Do I... Do I bring up the fact that they haven't been going to Mass? Do I send them a condemning letter telling them that they're going someplace bad? <laughs> and in all of that questioning, the question, what does our Lord want you to say to that person, doesn't always enter in. It's the most important question. What does the Lord want you to say to that family member? When couples consider growing their family, they might have a lot of sort of factors like economic factors, psychological factors. Can we afford it right now? My job's a little bit unstable. I'm thinking about switching careers. I've got a bunch of kids at Pius already. But the main question is, what does Jesus want to do with our family right now? First and foremost question is, what does our Lord want to do with our family right now? Does Jesus want us to be open to another child right now? It's the primary question. It's not a question of, do we have reason to avoid? It's a question of, does our Lord want this? And then we can go from there. Does our Lord want me to reach out to somebody? And this question is a question that should enter into the most mundane sort of moments of our life. Like, we can either sit around and play cards after dinner, or we can zone out and watch a TV show. What does Jesus want us to do right now? What would our Lord want us, what does our Lord want us to do right now? And maybe you ask him and he says, it's okay to watch TV right now. But the point is, do we ask him? Right? We're all called to live a life that reflects the gospel to the world. But we cannot reflect the gospel to the world 
if we're not staying in communication with our Lord in a real way, in a real relationship. You know, a real relationship means that our Lord is concerned about everything that happens in your life. And if he's concerned about everything that happens in your life, then we can ask him these simple questions. Lord, what do you want right now? And then strive to do whatever he tells you. To do whatever he tells you. The most fruitful things in my priesthood are things that I do only because Jesus wants me to. I am sure that Jesus wants me to. I'm also sure that it's not something that I really want to do very much, all the time. But the most fruitful things happen that way. I remember one time a new couple came in for marriage prep, and I was a young priest, and I was probably very judgmental. And they come in, and this, this girl comes in, and she's got like tattoos and kind of like weird hair, and she sits down and she starts talking about her family and she's not Catholic and she doesn't really know her parents very well. She was raised by her grandma and her fiance is like, um, you know, he's from also a very rough family. And, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, this is going to be horrible. And they're the most delightful couple that I've ever prepared for marriage. Nine months later, I brought her into the church a year after that, she was running a Bible study at the parish. And it was an amazingly fruitful encounter. And it wasn't the first thing that I would have said, yes, I want to do this. But it ended up bringing me some of the greatest joy of my early priesthood. You know, that's what happens when We ask our Lord, what do you want of me? And then we follow the advice of the Blessed Mother and do what he asks of us. Because if he's asked it of, it of us, it will become fruitful. And we can be secure in the fact that he delights in us. And it's then that we can find joy, even in the midst of our sorrows, even in the midst of our difficulties, even when things don't seem to be going according to our plan. It becomes clear that Jesus' plan is the plan that matters. You know, in this last week, it was in the paper, and we're going to be having some lecture series at John the 23rd about it, but the... Nebraska School, School Activities Association voted on their policy with regard to gender. And, um, and so all these districts voted on this, and they all voted that participation would be based on sex at birth. But then when they voted on their board, they just voted the other way. And a lot of people were very disappointed about that. But immediately the question is, like, what does our Lord want us to do? You know, how does our Lord want us to act from this point forward? One of the things I'm sure our Lord wants to, us to do is to do a better job of proclaiming the truth about what it means to be a human being. That truth that our Lord delights in you. That you are a beloved son. 
our beloved daughter, of the Father. And another thing that I think he's trying to put on our hearts is that we do have to have more compassion for people who are suffering. To recognize the difficulty that somebody goes through when they feel alien in their own body, when they feel like they don't belong in their own body. That's a horrible suffering. And it's a suffering that can be healed, that can be integrated, because we believe that we are a body-soul composite, that our body and our spirit work together, not against each other, and our Lord can resolve it. But as a church, we need to proclaim that gospel in a more profound way. Lord, how do you want me to do that? And so today, let us pray for the grace to seek our Lord in all things, to rely on our Lord in all things, to remember to ask him what he wants of us, even in the small activities of our life or the small decisions of our day, and that we might follow the advice of the Blessed Mother, and truly act on what he places in our heart, to do whatever he tells us, so that we too can participate in manifesting our Lord's glory, our Lord's honor, our Lord's kingship, our Lord's love, our Lord's mercy to the world around us.